Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover, your home for ice fishing news, tips, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Chris Larson. Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast alongside Blake Tollison. I'm Chris Larson, and it's really, it's kind of a weird time because it feels like we are in the dead of summer, but uh, really this is kind of the time you probably, if you're a serious ice angler, you're probably starting to prepare for ice season. You're going through those jig boxes, seeing where you've got openings and where you need to fill in. You know, in less than 100 days, it's going to be December. Ice season That's is... hard uh, to believe. Yeah. Ice season definitely coming fast. And, and probably the thing that is a good thing to take a look at right now is going to be your electronics. And I just say, you know, step one is going to be powering them on and just seeing what happens. Yeah, that's, that's a, definitely a great piece of advice. I mean, you know, as ice season gets closer, it's going to be harder and harder to get this stuff taken care of really, really quickly. So now is the time to do it. If you want to kind of beat the rush, um, if you didn't do it at the end of last season, I would be doing it right now. Yeah, for sure. You know, I've we're going to get into kind of the battery aspect of this, but one of the things I know I have right now is I've got a, a little cut in my transducer wire. And, yeah, I mean, these things are going to get more and more difficult to find as the season goes on. I think that retailers right now, for the most part, haven't put out a lot of their ice stuff, but you're going to start seeing that pretty soon. That stuff's going to hit the store shelves. And if, if you see something that you know you need, you know, I, I think at this point, hopefully some of the supply chain issues that we've seen over the last two years are starting to get resolved. But uh, I would still recommend, especially if you're missing kind of vital parts like a transducer, like one of my units, I, I, I must have cut it on the ice or something last year. Um, right. You know, that's something that you're going to want to get resolved when, as soon as you possibly can. Um, but wire or, uh, batteries is probably the big one. And um, hopefully people have stored their their units in a, a cool dry place closet is great um but if you got a nice cool dry basement that's a great place to do it but you know some people probably still have their stuff sitting out in the garage but you want to kind of get those out power them on see what happens if you've got a multimeter tester you're going to want to test those batteries make sure that they work and, and just kind of give them an overall inspection yeah i mean just taking a look at the whole unit like you like you said, you have a cut in your transducer cable. Like, look through the whole thing because, you know, maybe there's something somehow got pinched and, you know, it cut the cable with you way further up um, somewhere where you wouldn't necessarily see it all the time. But turn the thing on. Basically, go over it up and down. See how long that thing will last. Um, you know, I like to leave mine on for a little while just to make sure it seems like everything's going well. Uh, for the ones that have the, the digital battery readout, you can tell pretty easily, you know, if that starts out at 100 and within an hour it's down to 60% or something, you know there's something going on. So it's a, one of those things you're going to want to send in and get it addressed as soon as possible. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of these units will have demo mode, and that's what I'll do. I'll just flip it on the old, old demo mode and kind of just let it run for three, four hours and see what happens. And then, you know, you want to cycle those batteries. So kind of run them down a little ways and then recharge them. And, and that's, you know, the best way to kind of keep these batteries doing what they do is, is cycle them through. It's kind of like a, like a boat, you know, one of the, I've been dealing with a lot of charter captains lately with some of the, 
other projects I'm working on, they tell me all the time, like, the worst thing you can do with a boat is just let it sit somewhere. You know, right. the more it runs, the, the better it is. And I would say that's the way that a lot of these batteries are, too, is the more it runs, the better it is. The more it's getting used, the better it is. So go ahead and, and you know, don't worry about cycling, especially if you got a lithium battery. A lot of those things have 2,000 charge cycles. I mean, I, if you take care of it, I mean, it's going to last you a long, long time. So run those cycles, uh, a good, a real good thing. Um, if it's time for a replacement, let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, if you if you realize that your battery is bad, at, at what point, you know, what's the next step after that point? Well, it's looking at what you need for the unit that you have. Um, obviously, there's you can still go with your standard lead acid, but there's tons of advantages to lithium, and that's the way I would lean. I mean, lifespan, you just mentioned that, like 2,000 charge cycles and more versus, you know, roughly 200. Um sure it's going to cost more but if you look at you know the use and the the amount of life you can get from that lithium battery it's way more cost effective to purchase a lithium than a lead acid um the other thing they're way way lighter i mean you're talking in some aspects half the weight um so to me that's kind of the way to go um but you need to figure out what is the right uh kind of battery for the, the electronics you have obviously if you have uh, something like uh, an M1, an M3, or an M5, you don't need, you know, that biggest battery. Um, something like the Brute is going to fit into that <clears throat> that case that you have, and it's going to give you more than enough battery life for a couple of days on the ice. So that's kind of the, the first things I guess I would look at. Yeah, you got that. And, you know, we talk about that 2,000 charge cycles. We talk about less weight. But the other thing is, is those charges will last longer. You know, a lot of time well, with the sealed, yeah. lead acid, uh, sealed lead acid battery, you know, maybe you're getting 8, 10 hours there. But on some of these lithium batteries on, you know, a unit like an M1 or for those guys out there using a Vexlar, if you got an FL8, you know, that lithium is going to last 20 hours. I mean, you, you'll, you'll definitely yeah. get... Um, a lot more use out of it as well. But the weight factor is a big thing, especially if you like to go out and move around a lot. If you're kind of a hole hopper, um, just having that that two pound, three pounds of, of weight savings is a big deal when you're bending over and moving around all over on the ice. So um, it makes, makes a huge difference. Yeah, the lithium stuff is, uh, is definitely taking over. And if you haven't tried it yet, when you do, you'll really understand why uh, it's just, it's going to make your, your life a lot easier out there if you're really into hardcore fishing. Uh, the other thing that a lot of people have really gotten into are electric augers. And it's, you know, I don't, I've never owned a gas auger, to be honest with you. It's, I've always used electric or a hand auger or something. And, and now, of course, my, my whole stable is electric. And auger batteries are another thing to take a look at, you know, checking those those auger batteries you know doing the same thing will it take a charge put it on the auger just run it a little bit just see you know make sure everything is working um you know again now is the time if you know you have a problem to resolve that problem yeah yeah definitely don't want to wait till the last minute because it doesn't matter who the manufacturer is um if it's an ice specific product things are going to get busy at the beginning of ice season it's just just how it works and, you know there's a lot of people that wait until that last minute and well you don't want to be one of those same people and uh <clears throat> then you could end up waiting a lot longer than you would have if you would have just done it a month or two sooner 
for sure and you see that right now in the hunting industry like you go go into your local archery shop right now you know you're you're probably not going to get immediate service you know it's just no. those guys are, are being bombarded right now and that's what you're yep. going to see in ice fishing three months from now is people are going to get out on the ice they're going to discover their problems and then all of a sudden the you know the service tax at these places are going to be really really underwater so uh, if you know you've got a problem now, now's the time to get it fixed so you're ready to rock. Uh, one of the things I saw this week out, uh, Ion has a new auger, the Alpha series. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the things that they've put out so far, it's been a little bit of a tease. Uh, I think that <laughs> it'd be really cool to really see uh, what it does. I was actually uh, lucky enough to, to use one last winter and uh we kind of stacked it up against the the really popular augers that are out there and it absolutely blew them out of the water i mean we were drilling you know three holes to their two i mean it, it is extremely fast it's the fastest electric auger that i've ever seen i don't i don't know if one's ever been built faster so you know we saw those auger war videos a couple of years ago if, if we're going to have auger wars today, uh, I know who the winner is going to be. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, I mean, uh, I, pretty incredible. I've run the, the G2 for several years now, basically, since it came out. And I've been super impressed with that. So <clears throat> anything better than that is going to blow my mind, I think, because I've owned a lot of the, the major auger brands, um, a lot of the most popular models, used almost all of them at some point in time. And that G2 was super super impressive so if they if they made it better that's uh i know i'll be buying one this year yeah you're gonna you're gonna be blown away i mean it, it had the there's a lot of different things obviously you got the speed you've got the capacity uh up to 2000 hours of ice on a four amp hour battery i mean it yep. just blows through ice um, but it's built really compact and the other thing i think that people are going to like especially people who fish out of wheelhouses is that you've got a variable speed throttle on it. So most right. electric augers, you push the button, it goes full blast. That's all you get, full blast or off. Uh, this is going to work a lot like your cordless drill where you can kind of give it about, you know, just push it down halfway and you get half speed. So you're not throwing all that ice all over your house. So um, I think when people see that and see the magic behind that, you know, it's fun to blow through ice super fast, but it's not fun to throw ice all over your fish house when you're, you know, want to do some fishing in there. So uh, I think right. this is going to be something that the fish house anglers are going to love, but the uh, the running gunners are going to love it as well. You know, the the poly model that they came out with is less than 16 pounds, so it is it is actually lighter than the G2, and yep. uh, it's it's lighter than almost everything else out there. So. Performance-wise, yeah, there's nothing like it. And I've seen that, you know, they have these different packages, which is kind of unique, too. Um, mm -hmm. If you want the metal flight, you get the metal flight. If you want the, the poly one, you get that. Um, you can pick if you want one battery or two batteries. So, I don't know, it just it's cool that it gives anglers that much choice because, you know, for a lot of people, that, that poly with the two batteries might be way more than they need. You know, if they're right. only going to use it in a wheelhouse and get one battery and, and just get the metal flighting. So it's, it's really cool that there's that versatility in those options. Yep. Uh, I've been chatting with people online the last days, day or so now uh, with it being out and 
just telling people, you know, when you really get to see this, and I hope that that Ion starts putting out more videos on it, but when you really yeah. see how it stacks up with some of the other augers out there, going to be a lot of people looking for new augers. So it's just, I think it's, so, uh, too. It, it's a pretty amazing tool. All right. Yeah, it is. Uh, we still got some open water out there, and we saw a pretty interesting story come from southwest Minnesota uh, recently, Bella Lake Dam, that's right on the Minnesota-Iowa border, uh, way out in western Minnesota, uh, recently found 140 dead invasive carp at the base of the dam there. And uh, this is the largest discovery of its kind in Minnesota. Yeah, it, uh, it's crazy to think that there's that many of those you know, invasive carp that they found in just that one area. I mean, obviously, it sounds like the the barrier there is working. It's doing its job, so that's a uh, that's good news. Yeah, the, the, there's a dam there, and it's keeping them out. Um, but I think what it also shows, and, and and you said that's good news, and it definitely is. Um, but what it shows is the kind of the proliferation of these carp and how they're trying to spread and they're expanding out their territory. Uh, you know, they right. had run upstream up to this, you know, through this river towards Bella Lake and just kind of hit a roadblock, but uh, they, they're definitely trying to expand territory. At this point, you know, the DNR doesn't know of any breeding populations of these carp in the state of Minnesota, but this certainly was, uh, was a nice uh, group of carp trying to expand their territory and finding, uh, finding new spots to, to live and, um, again, just kind of hit the roadblock. But that's something definitely... Uh, to kind of keep our finger on the pulse uh, and, and just keep an eye on what's going on in that world. Right, for sure. Yeah, it's, you know, when you look at it from both sides of the, of the fence, it's definitely not a good thing that they've made it that far. But the kind of the silver lining to it is they haven't made it beyond that and that there's no breeding populations in Minnesota. So keep our fingers crossed and hope that this stuff kind of keeps them out of the state as much as possible. And I don't know if it's one of those things that's inevitable or if uh, basically they can try to keep them at bay with what they're doing. And I guess time will tell. Yep. There's, there's a lot of water out there. And, and the reality is uh, a lot of this water is connected to water that, that has these fish in them. And, and you know, right. probably will be here at some point. But uh, longer we can keep them out, the better. And, uh, you know, I think that there's a lot of different things going on in a lot of different places and people trying to do their best to uh, kind of keep these numbers down. Uh, next yeah. week's show, we're going to be talking with a few, we're going to bring on a guest. And uh, I think uh, that's something that we'll be trying to shoot for a little bit more as we progress closer to ice season. And I think we'll be starting to bring some more ice related topics to the show as well. The next show that we publish, it's going to be September. So uh, yeah. again, the calendar's flying by. It is. All right. Thanks, for everyone, for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover. For more ice fishing content, visit our blog at catchcover.com.